0: Hey, everyone, I'm Madeline Dell, the chapter goddess. I'm a mom, author, blogger, freelancer, host, and overall creative. I really like to sit down and chat with authors and other creatives to hear what they add to the creative world in general. How do they bring their authentic selves to life in what they do? Our authenticity is important, especially in the world today. So sit back and relax and grab a cup of coffee, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already, and let's meet this episode's guest. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the book chat. We're changing things up today, and we are on Zoom for a little bit because our computers have been a little bit wonky. I'm going to blame the winter storm coming in here in Oklahoma on my part, So, <laughs> but I've got another fantastic guest for you guys to meet, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her work.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah Louise-Smith, and I'm the author of Awakening. First book here. Yeah. And Darkness, books one and two of the Mythics and Mortals trilogy. I'm an indie author. I have a Siberian husky called Logan and I like reading. Yay! So I'm I'm gonna pick your brain
0: a little bit because I was going through the blog portion, your questions and stuff. Go ahead and share with us where the inspiration for these stories came from.
1: Well, they just kind of came to me. Like I'm a huge lover of ancient Greek mythology and didn't really think that there was much representation outside of, like, the Percy Jackson series. You've got Circe, you've got Song of Achilles, and I kind of wanted something a bit more, like, set in the modern day that was a little bit more adult. I mean, teens and, like, the younger generation can still sort of, like, read my books, but something that's sort of a little bit more, like, grown-up wise. Mm -hmm. So, honestly, I just kind of had an idea and I ran with it. Nice!
0: I like it, because I I love finding books that are kind of like a retelling of mythological stories like that and you said that one of the things were the web cartoons that inspired your stories a little bit
1: oh yeah Laura Olympus is absolutely amazing because I sort of started reading it on webtoons and everything and I got really into it I have the first two graphic novels and I'm waiting on I think it's Illumicrate who I got them from to release like the next two in the series but honestly they are amazing.
0: Yeah. But I mean, really
1: the graphics good. alone.
0: Yes. Yes. I love it. Like, cause I haven't got to like dive into it as much, Um, but I have read a little bit of it and it's just,
1: they're so addicting. <laughs> oh. like, I, I have to sort of like stop myself from buying the coins in order to read ahead. It's just like, no, it's my Sunday treat to actually read it on Webtoons. Yes. That's a good way to go about it. You pace yourself and you stick with the budget. So
0: Um, When beginning your journey as an indie author,
1: what did you find was the most challenging thing for you? Oh, I would say definitely the formatting and editing like even though I've still got two books out it's like someone has sort of like flagged up one or two sort of like autocorrect issues so now I've got to go through two like both books again I'm working on a third book separate from the Mythics and Mortals trilogy and it's just trying to sort of like market yourself as well as avoiding all the pitfalls of being like a newly indie author because like the amount of scammers out there that will say oh yeah I'll do this for your book I'll like Put your name out there and all that, and you're left with literally loads of money out of pocket. Luckily, I've been scammed twice, and I've gotten the money back through PayPal. Thank God for PayPal. But it's just like it's drama and stress that new authors don't actually need. I mean, it's hard enough getting published as it is without like being taken advantage of.
0: Yeah, I agree. And they they are always like, they're I finally, so pushy.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. And they're like, no, I'm not
0: interested. Like, leave it. Like. I've had to block a couple people because
1: they are, they got rude about it. And I'm like, I do not want to do this with you. like. Oh nope. yeah, especially on my Instagram. I mean, today oh. I've had two people inbox me like, oh, hi, I've looked at your book and I love it. Oh. I really want to like feature it on my page or for like this amount, I'll do this, I'll do that. Mm. And I'm just like, no, thank you. If people want to read and review my book, that's lovely. That's great. Yes wonderful I love you guys for it however I don't want to like pay for services and then end up getting like a really crap review yeah and stuff like that and I just I don't want to keep paying for stuff like I already do my marketing and it's just people that are constantly like oh yeah add me to your team and I'm like yeah no I already have people that sort of like put my name out there so like trusted people
0: yeah no that's a huge thing because like i Somebody walked me through how to turn the filter on for like those people on Instagram, and that has been—I mean, it doesn't quite catch all of them,
1: but it's a kind the majority. Of a lot of them. Since yeah, because
0: the they're like, "Oh, hey, I want to read your book, review your book, but I want you to pay me to review your book," and you're like, "No, you can go buy my book and read it."
1: or like like kindle unlimited it's there too so oh exactly and the people that just oh yeah I really want to review your book can you send me a copy and I said well my book is on kindle unlimited for people who actually like want to read it like the options there so I make like a little bit of money back from my books and people still read it and it's just like oh yeah if you like send me x amount for like the review and like for a copy of your book and I'm like so I'm basically buying my own book I might as well just do it myself to be honest
0: yeah yeah I have to agree. So in creating the story did you have a favorite like scene with your characters
1: of oh, there are certain scenes in my books that it's just like I sort of I try not to get like too emotionally attached otherwise I just end up crying. it's just uh, in uh, my second book I do kill off a character now. This character isn't a major character but her death sort of has a huge impact and it's sort of she's really like the first casualty of like the war and everything that happens and i sort of like i did sort of find myself sort of sitting there tearing up as i'm typing especially because you've got the scene at the hospital and it's like so you've got Eris's children are under attack christina sophie and lucas they Get there, and it's just like one of Eris's daughters is lying on the floor. They get them all to the hospital, and it's just unfortunately one of Eris's daughters does die from her wounds because oh. she stabbed with the cursed knife. And I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm tearing up now, like. Yeah. uh, I'm thinking about it because I get so attached to these characters and it's just like, oh my god. And Uh God knows what I'm gonna be in the third book because there's gonna be a huge sort of like battle for Olympus and characters will be killed off. And especially a fan favourite character, and I'm just there like, I'm Heartless Monster. I don't know how George R. R. Martin does it. He just kills off characters left, right, and centre.
0: Yeah, it definitely takes like a lot to get there, I have to say. And really with like you mentioning, like crying and stuff with the scene—that's how you know it's realistic. Like it's gonna get your readers, you know? Because I've had that same experience a few times, and it sucks. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm like. This is going to rip people's hearts out, but, like, it needs to happen.
1: I I want my characters to, like, make my readers cry a bit. That's kind of what I aim for, for, like, my characters. Like, when the readers read the books, they're just, like, they put themselves in the shoes of the characters. And there is, like, a certain sense of realism. Like, there's stuff in the books that it's just, like, I'm pretty sure people have either been through it or they know people that have Mm -hmm. been through it. And it's, like, it doesn't sort of outright say the issues but it just like it hints towards them with a certain level of maturity where it's just like you don't need to outright say it but you can say just about enough of it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm curious
0: because you're doing this in modern it's a modern day what kind of world building did you do for your characters?
1: Well I've sort of set it so you've got the mortal realm which is our world and then you've got the mythic realm which basically is Like exactly the same as the mortal realm, apart from like you've got sort of certain places like the collective where the mythics can sort of just like be themselves, Mm -hmm. like they don't have to wear gleams to hide anything, and they can just like be them, like they can still go out into the mortal world with their gleams on, they can go to work, there are sort of like there are schools and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Eris's children they go to like a school for mythic children, so Mm -hmm. there's kind of like it's sort of like both realms coexist but the mythic realm is obviously hidden from the mortal realm and it's it's sort of like it all works out really they both coexist in the same space that's awesome and that's
0: that's I I like that twist on it because I feel like we need more of those I haven't read very many books where it has put them like in the real world um excuse me
1: do you have a favorite character from that you've written Oh, I would say um, Christina Jones is definitely my favourite character in the Mythics and Waters trilogy because I do sort of base my main mm-hmm. characters a little bit on myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like she loves her friends, she loves her family, she would do anything for them. And in um, my current work in progress called Gameplay, which is an epic fantasy novel based upon the popular role-playing game of Dungeons & Dragons, yes. we've got my main character, Helen mm-hmm. Sanderwood, mm-hmm. who... She basically, she's trying to find her brothers, her brothers have basically disappeared from the face of the earth, no one remembers them but her, so she spent six months going out of her mind trying to find out what happened to them, because like one minute they were there, the next they're gone, and then she gets sucked into a portal and like thrown into the mythical realm of Estaroth. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've gone from like the Mythics Immortals trilogy where it's set in our world and everything to gameplay which is completely different and it's our world going into a different world so and I've got younger brothers and sisters like really big family and uh, like it's kind of like Helena would basically do anything to find her brothers like she is literally going to the ends of the earth to find and save her brothers wherever they are because Like she doesn't know where they are. She doesn't actually know until I think it is chapter five that her brothers are even in Esteroth. So it's kind of like there's a certain level of strength that I want my main characters to have. And they've got to be strong female characters. Like you've got other characters in literature that it's kind of like they sort of start off really like weak and not really relatable. Uh And then you've got my characters who are quite like, they're strong personalities. Yes,
0: those are my kind of characters. <laughs> I love strong female characters cuz I too like anything I've written has had strong female characters. It's kind of like it just got to be there. And I was telling somebody cuz I went to a convention over the weekend, it was like when I was a kid, there it was hard to find books with strong female characters. Like it was always like the damsel in distress and they always had to have the male come in and do it for them kind of stuff. I'm like, "No,
1: I don't like those books. I write the ones where we get to go in and kick (laughs) butt. Exactly. Or where you have the strong female characters, but then you have the love triangles. And those will not be appearing in my books. No offense to any authors and like, indie writers who actually use the love triangles but I just think it's so overdone now I mean we've got Twilight we've got the Hunger Games yes. we we really don't need more it's just like if you're gonna have a strong female character then she needs to be strong you don't need to sort of like dumb her down by having her constantly like be conflicted between like Edward and Jacob Peter and Gail there's none of that nonsense yeah
0: yeah Because yeah, it it can be frustrating because you're like, obviously, like they need to be with this one. But like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, (laughs) that's control. I could totally go off on a tangent on that. Oh, so you're working on this series. Let's talk about what your plan is for your series.
1: Well, we have the third book, which I'm titling Goddess, that I plan on releasing in 2023, um, 2024, sorry, once I sort of have gameplay done and out the way. Gameplay is being released in October 2023, so please hoping that happens, but it just depends on timing. Um, There will be, well, so we end the second book with a huge event happening and Christina gets exiled from the mortal uh, to the myth... uh, I can't talk today. I really can't. <laughs> From um the mythic realm. And if she returns or is found trying to enter the mythic realm for any reason, then she'll be killed on site. So it's like she sort of, struggling to deal with this because it's like she's gone from being like thinking she's an orphan and she's completely on her own to having this whole system she finds her parents she finds friends she's got this whole family and support she has a life but then it's like that's all sort of taken away from her by Zeus as punishment for something she did she shouldn't have done it but she did it for the greater good she had to save her father and get that information she needed in order to do that (laughs) And so Christina comes back in the third book. I'm really excited on how I sort of do this. And things have absolutely gone to hell in the mythic realm. It's like the realm is split completely. You've got people who sort of are like for Zeus, people who were against Zeus. So the whole thing is sort of like fractured apart. You've got the threat of auxilian, which is going stronger. And they're going to try to make a move on like the mythic realm and take over and it, it's a whole thing. And there was going to be huge battle characters are going to die, but I am planning on doing a prequel. Ooh. um, And that's basically going to be uh, my own retelling of how like Persephone and Hades met because um, events are hinted in the first book really. Or, and, I think it is the first book, might be parts of the second book as well, on like events that happened well before Christina was born. They met at a party, and then, like similar to um, what happened in Laura Olympus, you've got stuff happening with Apollo as well. Just to be clear, we all hate Apollo. Yeah. Apollo <laughs> is that... Literally Apollo and Zeus are like enemies number one. So I'm going to explore that and we'll go from um like just before the party where Persephone and Hades meet, all the way up to Christina getting kidnapped. So there's quite sort of like a big thing there and it's like how they deal with stuff like that. And you've got Demeter as well, Persephone's mother. Yeah. And she isn't really a likable character in the first book. She's
0: honestly, I don't think a likable character, even like in actual Greek
1: mythology,
0: <laughs> and all this stuff I've seen written about uh, Hades and Persephone. She's never played up as good
1: anywhere they either. Oh so. yeah, it's kind of like Greek mythology is open to interpretation. I mean, we've got yeah. so many versions on like Persephone and Hades. It's like they meet, they fall in love, or he kidnaps her and stuff like that. And it's like, right, I'm kind of going to get them to like fall in love. I mean, Hades absolutely adores his wife and I was sort of like inspired by Gomez and Morticia Adams it's just like Gomez adores Morticia like he would dive her and that is what Hades would do for Persephone as well
0: yes I like that that look on it because that I feel like he is that way too so love it um so once you finish the series do you have any ideas
1: that you're going to dive straight into oh god I've got a whole notebook of ideas um it just depends really what order I want to do them in. So um we've got gameplay that I'm working on. Yeah. Um I have um Interstellar Bride, which is going to be my first sort of sci-fi adventure. Yeah. That I'm quite looking forward to that randomly just came to me Um damsel in distress with another sort of strong female character shadow of neverland um Mm -hmm. and I am sort of thinking about doing a book series I just I'm not too sure of the order yet uh called the groom chronicles where you've got sort of strong female characters based off of the brothers room yes yes sort of book would be like how each character sort of got to where they are and how they actually became part of this group that sort of hunts evil and like fights all the evil in the world and stuff like that and it's it's really good actually I I don't know where my brain comes up with all this. That no I it's always a fun thought trying to figure out where the
0: ideas come from because I'm the same way they just kind of come and you're like I don't have enough time to get all of it. it down right now but like I'll put that in the the fi- almost like I call it my brain like there's a filing cabinet back here of ideas because <laughs> if I write them down on paper they end up in the
1: the most random <laughs> places. So... I just have the giant notebook. Let me just quickly grab the notebook. It's yeah, currently, I'm currently using the uh, file as a stand for my laptop. You're good, and at least
0: it's in one notebook. I mean, that's that is good. I can never find like the same notebook when. <laughs> would I have the
1: idea we have the glittery out notebook I absolutely hate the glitter but I love the notebook but I've just I've got so many ideas and like it's really quite fun and I sort of like have a plan of how I'm gonna set everything out
0: Mm -hmm. I like that that's that's a good like concept to use you have one notebook where you're keeping it all that's that's good so do you find because you mentioned in the document that you like to write it all out first and then type it up as you go does, do yeah. you find that it actually gives you a chance to catch more of, like, your errors and stuff?
1: Like, if you have any, like, almost, like, plot holes and stuff when you do that? Oh, definitely. I sort of, I write it all down and I kind of just, like, vomit it out on the page. Once I go with it, I've got my headphones in and I'm just, like, scribbling like a crazy person. Half the time, like, future me is just like, what the hell did pass me write? Past me, what are you doing here? And I'll, sort of like, I'll type it up and then after five chapters, I'll stop typing, I'll edit and then I'll sort of just like carry on through that and then do the audio run through and then now I'm doing even more editing to catch those one or two little loopholes. Yes,
0: editing requires so, so much. Oh my gosh, it's like never ending, I feel like. Oh. The
1: editing and the formatting. Like I've only yeah. just now managed to fix an issue in Awakening, like a formatting issue that has been bugging me since I actually created it and it's just I had no idea how to fix it I managed to fix it yesterday morning and I'm just like yes oh my it. gosh <laughs> yes like and it's
0: not exactly cheap to have somebody format your book for you because I went through and had to teach myself how to format um my own books with using Adobe in was it InDesign I think and, yeah oh my gosh it makes you want to pull your hair out trying to figure that stuff out even in Microsoft Word like
1: oh yeah with word kindle create as well I sort of had to teach myself how to use kindle create because it's just like it's so expensive and I don't really want to run the risk of giving my manuscript to someone and then they end up turning around and like stealing my work because that did actually happen to someone that I know she um like she well it wasn't really like formatting but it was a Like beta reader, so she sent her manuscript to this beta reader who said that she'd read it, and then next thing you know, her book's available on Amazon. So she managed to like get everything taken down, all the royalties reverted back to her, and the whole thing managed to get fixed. But it's just like it is that extra level of like wariness for. Wow all of like us self-published authors and I did have someone that I was talking to I think it was on Instagram who um, messaged me saying that oh like someone had stolen my work because she read it on like a pirated site and everything like that so I'm just there freaking out like oh can you tell me the name of the story what's the website let me have a look and see and I said when did you exactly read this and it turned out that the woman was basically lying to me in order to like get free advice I would have helped her like giving her any advice that she needed from one author to another This is uh-huh. like she lied about my work being pirated because she said oh yeah I read it like two years ago they and I'm like yeah my book was uh, published in February last year so uh but I deleted and blocked her I reported her and I said I don't need that type of drama no and that oh my gosh the stress and stuff that
0: comes from that is ridiculous like the hoops we have to jump through to make sure our stuff does not get like cop like anything like any people stealing it it's just
1: exactly like I sort of like I try once a month to just sort of like do a search of like my two books or like my name and see what comes up because Mm -hmm. more often than not someone has sort of tried to pirate it and put it on somewhere else I think it was um last month Mm -hmm. I caught someone who um they had downloaded my ebook um not my ebook my audio book for awakening it's the only one that I actually have on audio mm-hmm. and uh they basically illegally put it onto SoundCloud or something so I sort of went through that and wow yeah so I managed to get it removed I reported them I basically said to SoundCloud if you do not help me like I am the owner of like this audiobook, then I will get legal action involved and I will basically yeah. sue you because this is theft of my property if you don't help me. Mm-hmm. And, like, they took it down and they emailed and said, oh, we're so sorry. We'll review everyone's guidelines and what they've got on there. So luckily that all managed to get fixed. But it's just like, come on, guys, we're self-published authors. We don't make that much yeah. money. We're real. doing it all on our own. Please don't make our Pada. For real? Like... Ugh. oh my gosh
0: that just that, that gives me like heart living my heart rate just thinking about it holy cow
1: I was um, just sort of more angry than anything because it wasn't just like I didn't record the audiobook mm-hmm. my uh, good friend Ronnie did and mm-hmm. it's just like you're not you're not just stealing my work you're stealing his hard work yeah as well and like people who do like audiobooks and everything they have to make a living too so why are you pirating like their work as well
0: Yeah yeah oh no sorry. It Cat's trying simple. to get my
1: food <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
0: um I'm gonna change gears a little bit um what do you do for self-care with the way you've got your writing schedule and everything going and with the world being like it is how do you take care of your mental health?
1: I uh, take some time out I work out so I'll go on the treadmill for half an hour and for some reason like I can read on the treadmill or listen to audiobooks on the treadmill but if I sit on a bus I get motion sick because I'm a little weird like that yeah. no um, I feel that I get motion sickness <laughs> bad so um I have one of those TikTok like hoops where you sort of like you spin it and everything and that is really good I lost two links in spine it since December so that's great <laughs> And I sort of, I try to take that little bit of time out where I just, I read a book, I'll drink some tea, I'll watch some TV and like on a Saturday night face mask, hot bubble bath and I just sort of like relax and I don't have to think about work or like any of my books or anything like that. It's just a little bit of time to chill, but sometimes it does get hard Mm -hmm. because you sort of find that you don't really have time to do much now between work and writing and trying to fit everything in.
0: Yeah, no, I I definitely feel that. That's why I like to bring up the topic of self-care because like, oh, the amount of time us like indie authors put into our work, into marketing and everything, like people don't realize how much is required of us that that goes into that. And I have a friend that picks on me all the time. He's like, you don't ever take a break. It's like, I can't. Like if my stuff, if I don't push it, who's going to do it? Like, who's going to put my work out there? Who's
1: going to write my books for me? It's me. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if we don't do it, no one else will. Like, that's sort of one of the, like, cons of being a self-published author in in comparison to actually, like, being, like, fully published by an agent. It's like, you do it all yourself and sometimes it does get a little bit too much. And you do have to sort of, like, draw the line and try not to like let it get on top of you a bit otherwise you just sort of you burn out and you don't actually do anything you just sort of sit there and sometimes you just feel this overwhelming crushing yeah. feeling of being an absolute failure because i would just sort of be like oh no one's like read my books for a week oh god like what am i yeah. doing wrong
0: yeah yeah that's uh
1: um okay great of thought so
0: let's talk about the main character in your story some more let's what is who
1: are they what is their backstory well we've got christina jones uh she's 21 and on her 21st birthday she's chased by a demon through the streets of london and that sort of kicks off the whole of like the mythics and Mortals trilogy and mm-hmm. all of the events it's like so she thinks she's just a, a normal regular person but it turns out she is a um ancient greek goddess whose parents are hades and persephone and so we've got sort of like her trying to navigate that because she thought that she was just an abandoned orphan who was like just casually left in the middle of nowhere as a child so it's like she's gone from having absolutely no one to like this whole support system with her parents and it is a little bit weird for her you've got her best friend sophie and lucas sophie is a witch and she has a huge family and we sort of we do get like little bits and pieces of her family and stuff I mean you've got her grandmother who is like the head of the like biggest coven in the country and everyone goes to them for advice and we do see like a little bit of uh, grandma but occasionally she will be visiting in the third book which I'm quite excited for and Lucas is a demon now he's backstory is a little bit more complicated, especially because there is a huge plot twist uh, surrounding him and his parentage in the second book. So all is revealed and it's kind of like we go from simply uh, zero to like a hundred when it comes to Lucas. And we do have the slow burner romance between Christina and Lucas. Yeah. And it it is it's really good because I don't really like straight in your face romances it's just like if it's slow burn and drawn out it's sort of, it means a lot more
0: I like it
1: sweet
0: that's and then you said Christine was your favorite out of those right earlier
1: oh yeah it's like she is such a strong character and she just she doesn't take nonsense it's like she she will do anything to protect her friends and family even if it means running head first into danger, Aww. she will do it because she knows it's the right thing to do. And it, there is towards the end of book two, um, she basically goes and confronts like um you've got the witch Carpathia and a another demon, Aww. Creolus, who basically they've kidnapped these three mythic women. So they left a message there's a whole scene I don't really want to like get too into it I'll be rambling forever and I'll give away loads of spoilers but Christina basically against all advice from everyone she sort of sneaks out in the middle of the night and Aerys does back her up and has, like, teams ready to support her and, like, swoop in when she needs the help. And she's just like, right, I'm going through this quarter door. I'm saving Verin and these two other women. I am getting this done, like, this ends tonight because she doesn't want any more blood on her hands. Yeah. She she feels personally responsible. Like, every single time auxilian kill people, like, Christina feels it because it's just like, I could have stopped this. Like, these mm-hmm. people are dead because of me. Yeah. Wow
0: so we are reaching the end of our time um go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers where they can find you and find these wonderful books.
1: Well my books are on Amazon solely but I do have uh, my first two books available in the book dragon which is a independent bookshop Mm -hmm. on Stockton on Tees. Right now uh they're currently sitting in the back of the box while I actually uh sort out the um errors and stuff so I will be sending the book dragon brand new copies once I've managed to fix everything with these ones massive oversight on my part curse autocorrect correct on word it's a nightmare Um, I do have plans to have darkness turned into an audio book in March so I need to talk to my friend Ronnie about that and um, you can find me I'm on Twitter I'm on Instagram I am on TikTok mostly just like sort of snippets of my books here and there I'm on Facebook Instagram you can basically just find me anywhere so if you guys want to drop me a line or just like yell about my books and read them and just be like oh my god I have so many questions and stuff like it is quite funny because I do have people who have read my first and second book just like oh my god like what's happening in your third book please give me a little bit and I'm like we can't talk about it just yeah no, no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> yeah honestly like that is what people used to call me because I would watch something or I'd read a book and I'd naturally seen that everyone else has read it so I'll be talking to my dad say about like an episode of The Walking Dead and I'll be like oh yeah so and so does this and my dad's like I have not watched it yet so I'm just like that that would be my superpower I am the super villain spoiler yes awesome well thank you so much for being on the show today <laughs> oh so right, it was actually really fun I do love doing interviews and stuff, and I just sort of ramble and go and a tangent a bit. that's the best, (laughs) though. Hey, guys, me again. Thank you for watching the show. I hope you enjoyed
0: the book chat and everything we talked about. If you'd like to check out some of my work, you can find the link to my website below, or you can reach out to me through my website to be on the show yourself. Also, don't forget to check out the featured creatives' work, I super appreciate them taking time out of their day to be on the show. And also, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe. We've got many new things coming in the future. So once again, thanks for watching, see you soon.